is Get the Balance Right, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are totally stressed out over money and managing their busy lives. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, Profit Advisor and Money Coach. I help my clients run more profitable businesses. I take the mystery and confusion out of their numbers so they can reach their financial goals. Join us for a holistic approach that supports a healthy lifestyle while obtaining financial freedom. Stop freaking out. It's time to get the balance right. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. In this episode, we are focusing on ways to maintain the health in your business from creation and beyond. To discuss this important topic, we are joined by Leslie Batson, who is a financial professional. She is the woman behind Rebel Rock Wealth, which provides life insurance and wealth coaching. She helps empower her clients to think independently about their finances. During the show, we dive into nine financial considerations for business owners. You guys, this episode is full of great information, no matter where you're at in your entrepreneurial journey. You may want to grab a pen and paper to take notes. You can also reference my show notes on the podcast website for more details. All right, dudes, here is my interview with the financial powerhouse, Leslie Batson. Leslie Batson, welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. You are a very interesting woman. You have a company called Rebel Rock Wealth. You also do podcasting. And I noticed that you are like me. You have a business degree in marketing, but unlike me, you worked in IT for years. There's a lot of things to unpack there. Let's just dive in a little bit about you, your business, and then we'll dive into the topic for today. So a little bit about me. I'm originally from the Toronto area, Toronto, Canada. I grew up playing lots of different sports, but I got noticed for my track skills. And so I ended up coming to the U.S. on a track scholarship. I went to school in Illinois. I went to Southern Illinois University on a track scholarship. And that's where I earned my marketing degree. And then they had offered me a graduate assistantship. If I was willing to stay on and do some marketing with the athletic department, they would give me a graduate assistantship. So I went ahead and got my MBA. Also at that time, this was the, I might be dating myself here, but this was that kind of dot-com time. Even though marketing was always my passion, I started to get really fascinated by IT, technology, but I wasn't trying to go get a degree in coding or anything like that. My MBA, I did more of a focus in the IT side of things. And when I was graduating, this was going into 1999. As anyone who remembers that time frame, it was the whole Y2K scare that companies thought the world was going to shut down when the date rolled to zero zero. So I got hired into IT. It was easier for me to find a job in technology than it was in marketing, especially as a Canadian. So that's how I ended up in IT. I've actually had a very successful career, I would say. I worked for, typically, I was working for Fortune 500 companies my whole career. The first five years, I worked as an employee. And then I realized, oh, I'm not going to be a great employee. And so I was an IT consultant (laughs) for 15 years. It looks like you worked for Disney World. Sure. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Even though I'm from Toronto and I lived in Chicago for eight years, I really don't like the cold. And when I had an opportunity to do a project for Disney, I jumped at it. And that's what actually brought me to Florida. So I actually still live in Florida. 
I service clients all across the country because <laughs> I love the sun. <laughs> I can only imagine Disney World must have some intense technology going on with that. That that seems like a crazy podcast alone. <laughs> yeah, I literally from 2006 till 2020 was doing various projects for them across the company. It's a dynamic company, lots going on, lots and lots going on. And so I, I really had a chance to see a lot of the different parts of the company because of the type of work that I did. So it was definitely an interesting time. It's also very demanding. IT is a very demanding field. I was ready for something new. I was getting a little burnt out of technology and a few years back, I decided that I wanted to look into real estate investing. And so I was listening to real estate investing podcasts. And this one particular podcast I was listening to had this guest on and he was talking about some strategies that real estate investors can use to capitalize their investments and where to put that money once those incomes start coming in. And I thought, wow, I've never heard of this. We hear the same things from typical financial advisors, but this was something very different. And so I kind of I got a little bit obsessed. I started learning all I could about it. I was really fascinated by it. And then ultimately I went and got my license and I realized, okay, when I signed the last contract, because there were 18 month contracts with Disney. When I signed that last one, I decided that was going to be the final one. I wasn't going to renew. I wanted to pursue my business full time. So I did start doing some of this work part-time. I started Rebel Rock Wealth back in 2018, I think it was. And I started doing this work back then, just on the side part-time. But really in April, 2020, when my contract ended, it also happened to be COVID. So they probably wouldn't have renewed my contract anyway. So it all worked out. But that's when I really dove into my business full-time and it's just been phenomenal ever since. Thanks for sharing all that. We are going to dive into the nine finance considerations for business owners. Distilling it down to nine is tricky. We're going to pack in a lot. We're going to go over it briefly and then hopefully dive into each one of these as much as possible. When your business is getting started, man, there are a lot of things to put into place when it comes to finances. Now, the first one on your list, and I love this one, is pay yourself what you are worth. So many business owners do not do this. So tell us a little bit about that one. Yes. And I know, Heather, that you are very familiar in your line of work, especially for female business owners. I think just getting them to realize you have to pay yourself first. When you hear on the airplane, when they say, put your mask on and then help others, how are you going to survive if you don't pay yourself first? And pay yourself something reasonable, right? And sometimes that's not possible in that first year. Maybe it just isn't possible, but that's what you should be working towards. You should not be sacrificing your income to be able to keep the business going. It's important that you can eat as well. Yeah, I actually just had a client come to me and he had a projection that he did. He had all his expenses and income, but he didn't have anything where he was paying himself. I'm like, okay, but where is the money that's going to go to you? You have to figure that in. That's important. And it's interesting how when people find out about profit first, it's not for everybody, but when people hear about that, they're like, oh, that's just like this like unique idea. Oh, I yes. paid myself first? Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a cultural thing. Unfortunately, we're just not taught a lot about financial literacy in school. And so we really learn from what we see or we figure it out on our own. And so we're always so focused on paying our bills, but we don't focus on paying ourselves. So it is a little bit of a mind shift. Yeah. Paying ourselves and Uncle Sam. That's another thing people don't think about. about. The next one is protect your paycheck. So how is that different from the first one? As a business owner, you want to make sure you're, like you said, allocate a salary or be able to take distributions, be able to take some money for yourself. 
but protect your paycheck is in the situation where what if you get sick or injured or something happens to you and you don't have any more money coming into your household? What would that mean to your family? What would that mean to your business? How do you make sure that you still have some money coming in while you're healing or getting better? Yeah. And during COVID, this has been a huge awakening for people because they just didn't have enough money set aside. I work with people that are salon owners and people that do tattooing, all those types of things that until there was mandates where they could actually meet in person with a mask, they had to put their businesses on hold. It was terrible if they didn't have anything put aside or here in Oregon, they were having trouble even getting unemployment, even though it was said that, oh, self-employed people could get the unemployment. There was a big snafu here in the state and it took months before people saw any money coming in. Yeah, I'm in Florida and it's the same thing. There are literally still people you see on the local news, like the local reporters helping them get through their unemployment. So imagine those who actually did get sick. Maybe they did actually get COVID and maybe they were down and out for a few weeks or maybe a few months. We hear about these long haulers, the later effects of some people who've had COVID. So imagine if you just physically are not able to go back to work and work your business, how would you be able to replace that income? Yeah. And not just your business, but also your personal life as well. You have those expenses. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the next one is protect your life. So is that protect your life? So we think about protection in general, we think of as insurance, right? Whether it's your car. I know people who they get engaged and one of the first calls they make is to an insurance company to protect that ring, right? They're like, we want to make sure that this diamond is insured, but they haven't insured their own life. You want to make sure that you have life insurance. And I know some people think, oh, that's just for married people or people with kids, but no, there's definitely way more benefits to life insurance. I think it's probably one of the most misunderstood financial tools out there, but you definitely want to make sure that you protect your life, prioritize it, please. Yeah. And not just that also have things in place like a will, maybe a contingency plan, those types of things, especially if you're a business owner, because if something happened to you, what are people going to do with your business? If if you don't have anybody working for you, if it's just you, what's going to happen to all your clients that you were doing work for? Exactly. So you just rolled into number four, which is protect your business. And that's exactly it. It's okay. Do you have business partners? Yes or no? If you do have business partners, do you have a partnership agreement? Do you have what's called a buy-sell agreement? This is where you discuss the terms. What would happen if one of you were to get sick or ill or die? What happens to the other person's ownership or how does that work? If you were to pass away, does your business partner become partners with your spouse? Is that really what you want? Is that really what they want? If you really want to discuss all these different things, you want to make sure that that it's very clear on who does what. Make sure you have proper insurances in place for the business, whether it's business overhead insurance or, again, think of something like COVID or major recession. If there was a fire, like if there was something at the business, how do you make sure that your business is protected? Yeah. All right. Now let's go to the next one. Protect your assets. Yeah. So again, you touched on this a little bit, but with estate planning, right? So you want to make sure that you have a will, a trust. And like you mentioned, that it's not just covering your personal effects, your personal affairs, but also your business. So touch on that a little bit just now. But if there are certain assets in the business, whether it's intellectual property or equipment or locations, if there's different things that 
are part of the business, but you and your partners have not discussed it, how do your loved ones or how does the estate know how to divvy things up? Or like you mentioned, if you're a solopreneur and you have all these things, and if you get sick, maybe you haven't passed away, but you just get sick and you can no longer speak for yourself. How do you make sure that your business is protected, the business can continue to operate in your absence, or how do you make sure that your customers are made aware of what's happening? So you want to make sure that you're protecting not just your physical assets, your intellectual property, but also your brand. Yeah, lots to think about. When people come to me and they want to start a business, I'm like, okay, this is not something you go into lightly. Some people just fall into having a business and they don't really understand all the ramifications of having a business. The seriousness of really, once you start this, uh, especially if you have clients, because you have to really always think about the impact that you're going to have if something happens to you, what is, how does that impact your clients, your family, everybody, because they have to pick up the slack for you if you're unable to do that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So now once your business gets flowing, Mm -hmm. you have some other steps here. So save for business for today and tomorrow. Explain that one. So we all hopefully are thinking about when we have our own money, we pay our bills and we put a little bit aside. But we should also be doing this for the business. The business needs to also have its own little, its own capital, right? It really needs to be able to do that. So you have different needs for your business. So maybe there's the everyday cash needs that every business has. You need this for paying your vendors or making payroll or just the things that you need to make sure you have capital available for. Those are the everyday cash needs. So you need to make sure you're putting money aside to be able to support those different needs. But then you also have I guess what I call period saving. So let's just say that you have an Airbnb business. Maybe eventually you'll need to replace appliances or get new furniture or replace furniture. Maybe you've got to repair a roof or there's different expenses that come up. Maybe at some point you want to expand and you want to buy another property for the Airbnb business. Maybe if you're an attorney, you want to expand and get more office space. So you need some money for that. So you need to think about putting capital aside, not just for today, but for future needs and things that are planned or unplanned. But then you also have this third category of sort of the emergency fund, right? This is money that you don't really want to have to tap into, but if you need to, it's there. So we just talked about COVID, right? You should have, I always say a minimum of six months, but if you can get six to 12 months of expenses put away, that's put away. This is not money that you can easily get to, but it's safe. It's not exposed to any risk, but it's safe and accessible and it's liquid in the event that you need to turn to it to keep things afloat, it's there. So really those are the three main needs where you want to make sure you're putting money away into a savings vehicle for your business. Exactly. You know, you also want to make sure that you have enough capital in your business to sustain maybe we were talking about a year in advance, maybe the next year, because you don't know something might happen like COVID where your business completely just bottoms out the next year. You could be having a booming year. And I see business owners like they just like, oh, I'm going to take a big draw at the end of the year just because I have all this cash in there. I don't know if that's the best thing to do. I'm a proponent for taking things a little bit careful. I just want to make sure you're saving for a rainy day. So don't take that money out. Another thing can happen is, and this is from the tax side, is that depending on what kind of a business that you have, how it's taxed, you might have to worry about basis in your company. And if you yes. take out too much money, then, you're, then you've are then you zeroed out your basis. And then all that money that you take out beyond that, you have to pay capital gains tax on. You yes. really need to talk with a, like a CPA or a tax advisor or something that 
if you are going to take big draws at the end of the year, make sure that you understand how that will impact you. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. So the next one is save for employee benefits. Oh, this is a good one. Retention and recruitment. Yes. Yes. So as your business starts to grow, you may need to bring on some help, right? And sometimes it's just temporary, might be just contractors, something like that. But eventually you may need to bring on full-time employees. And it's competitive out there. People like to know that when they come to a job that they have some benefits. And for a lot of small businesses, it's not possible. But there's definitely more and more services being made available to support small businesses. And it's going to give you a competitive advantage, but you need to have the money put aside to be able to afford those benefits. So whether we're talking about providing training for your employees, maybe you're wanting to provide health insurance, are you going to make your portion of the premium payments? If you want to do outings, making sure your team members can collaborate and they have good relationships, that kind of thing. All those things cost money. Maybe you want to recruit someone. Maybe there's someone you've had your eye on in the industry and you really want to bring them into your company. What can you offer them? There's different things that you can offer. But again, if you don't have money put aside for that may not be an option for you. And you could either lose employees or lose out from being able to recruit specific employees because you don't have that one little thing because money is important. Salary is important, but it's not everything as we know. We had a guest on the show that for her employees, they were all virtual during COVID, but because Mm -hmm. she wanted to bring them together, she's paying for a retreat in the future, but this retreat is going to cost her more money than having the rent and all of that with people all working live. So thinking like, oh, okay, I'm saving money on rent, but then you put on a big retreat and it could cost a lot of money to bring everybody together. Yeah, exactly. And the benefits, this is a huge thing because like you were saying, it's a competitive world out there in business. You want to be able to treat your employees. One of the things I see is that people think, oh, I want to bring on an employee, but they are not thinking about the benefit part of it. They're not thinking about all the added tax that goes into it. And these are things you really have to calculate in there to make sure that you can truly afford this. Exactly. And the other big thing too, Heather, is it is really expensive to lose an employee. The time and money that you took training and bringing that person on, if you lose them, now you have to start that search for a new person to replace them. You got to train that new person. Probably some of your other employees or teammates have to help with that a little bit. Like it's really an expensive proposition to lose an employee. So it's much better. What do they say? It's cheaper to keep her, (laughs) right? Unless of course, they're just not a good fit for your company, but you want to make sure that you're keeping in touch with your employees. Make sure you understand what's making them happy, what's not. What are some additional benefits that they might appreciate that would keep them on staff? It's really expensive to replace employees. Yeah, just like it's really expensive to replace clients as well. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the next one. And that is save for self for today and tomorrow. Oh, that's a good one. So just like for your business, Make sure you're paying yourself and then make sure when you do receive salary, you're taking some payment, put some of that aside, right? Just like you need your business to be capitalized so that it can grow at some point. You yourself as an individual, you need to be putting money aside, right? You may have kids and so you may want to save for their education. You eventually at some point are going to retire. You need to save for that. But your own home, you may have a roof repair or you may have a medical emergency. There's always things that come up in our lives. I always say, Financial planning is not a good term because you cannot plan. You just want to be prepared for any situation. And so I cannot emphasize enough the importance of saving. I think a lot of us get very focused on, like I said, paying bills 
And we kind of love to think about investing, but the first step really, the critical step is protecting and then saving. Those are two things I like to try to make sure people are aware of. I love to save. I like to see my savings account go up to the point where it's to my detriment, where I'm like, I should be investing some of this money, but I'm like all about saving for a rainy day for sure. All right. So now let's go to the next one. This is the last of the nine. What's next? What's next? So your your business has been going well, maybe for years, maybe for decades, who knows? But we want to think about succession. What is that next step? Are you looking to sell your business? And maybe you're a serial entrepreneur and you give yourself a five-year life cycle. I don't know. But you want to think about what is next? Is it selling it? Are you having your kids take over? Or do you have maybe some key employees who are taking over at some point? You have to think about what are all those different things that are going to happen when you step away? What happens when you pass away? What happens if you pass away before you've sold the business? What happens then? So what's next is really that long-term thinking or just, again, is is that what-if type thinking. And you want to be prepared for that. And obviously, you as a tax professional, you understand. Let's say that if you're going to sell your business, we know that there can be major tax ramifications based on how you choose to receive that money. Do you you want to get a lump sum? Do you want to get paid over time? Do you want it paid into a particular vehicle? There's so many different ways that what you net in your pocket from that sale could be affected. And so you want to be strategic about it. You don't want to be like, oh yeah, I think I'm going to sell this year. No, you probably want to take a few years to think about, you know, succession planning or what would you like to be the process for when you sell so that nothing is a surprise. You have your team in place and you have like a tax professional, you have maybe a financial advisor, maybe an attorney, the people who you start to have these conversations with, and they should be speaking with each other, right? You don't want your team working isolated. They should all be speaking with each other to make sure that you are getting the best outcome of the situation, which is ultimately for you to keep as many dollars in your pocket as possible. For those that are out there that are maybe just starting a business or they're making six figures, seven figures, is there any difference between these steps? They apply to everyone, right? Everyone in business Mm -hmm. should be thinking about all of these steps. Yeah, I don't think it, obviously, if you're just starting, maybe it's not top of mind, but just to know it's something you, you want to put on your list of things that you should start thinking about at some point, right? When the business gets to a certain level of success. Because like I said, at any point you could get sick or you could get hurt or maybe the business is like it booms and it's actually more successful sooner than you had realized. Maybe you realize you would rather exit and do something else. You want to start thinking about what would be that next step. What would be next? Now, as a wealth coach, are these nine steps something that you work with your clients to go over? Is this part of your program? Yeah, well, we definitely talk about all these different. Now, of course, as you mentioned, there's more than nine things that businesses should be considering when it comes to finances. But these are just some that I wanted to highlight because I feel like they're the ones that are neglected. (laughs) Again, business owners are just very focused on the business and even the accounting or like the numbers of the business, but they're not thinking of that. That next step is the financial health of the company. Again, putting that money aside, putting that capital aside so that it can grow or for their own personal selves, how do I make sure that my business is actually supporting me? Like, can I grow personally from this? If you're someone who's very passionate about a particular charity or issue or something like that, it might be very important to you to make sure that you have money set aside for that. So maybe that is a very specific line item in your own personal budget. This is my money's for giving in this particular situation. But if you are not earning enough from your business, 
you're not going to have the ability to put money aside for that. So you want to think about what are the things that are really important to you on the personal side, make sure that you are structuring your pricing in your business to support that, of course, assuming the business is earning that kind of money so that you can pay yourself without guilt. You can very reasonably pay yourself what you deserve and be able to not only meet your personal financial goals, but meet the business's financial goals. And I think for women entrepreneurs, they have a tendency to, I don't want to stereotype women, but in my experience that women, one, undervalue themselves and two, they don't price their services high enough because they might be like, oh, I feel bad about this or whatever. But do you find those two things? 100%. And I don't care if you own a yoga studio, if you are a financial advisor, if you are... A baker, I have clients in so many different industries and it is a struggle. They do not know how to price their products or services correctly. And for some reason, just like you mentioned, there's this emotional factor that they include. Oh, I don't want to charge too much or this. Or in some extreme cases, they are overcharging. And I have to say to them, well, let's look at what the market will bear. Like maybe this is why you're not quite getting the sales that you're looking for because maybe your pricing's not, it's not right. So I actually do have a program that we're hoping to get launched by the end of the year, me and a friend of mine, it's called Price It. And it literally is a tool to help business owners figure out how you should be pricing your services and your products. We're just trying to get the platform so we can get it online and out to people, but we hope to have it ready by the end of the year. But it is a crucial thing. But another thing about women business owners, Heather, that more and more I'm starting to have this conversation with them is to ask them not just about their own personal sort of financial goals, but understanding a broader picture. Do your parents have money set aside? Do your parents have life insurance? Do your parents have long-term care insurance? Because more and more women are becoming that caretaker, not just of their kids, but of their parents. And it typically doesn't fall to the son or the male child. It typically is falling on the female, the daughter. If you are running a business and you are not putting money aside for yourself, And then a medical emergency comes up, not just for yourself, but for your parents. If you have a parent who gets sick or you need to take over, you need to be able to take care of them. If you don't have money set aside to do that, how are you going to be able to accommodate them? Do you live across the country from them? Do you have to move them into your home? Do you need to accommodate your home? Maybe to build a ramp? There's so many different things that can happen. Maybe you have to put your parent into a facility. And then let's fast forward a few years for yourself, maybe a few decades. Do you have long-term care insurance in place? What if you get sick? What if you don't have children? Like I am a single woman, I have no kids and I'm not married. (laughs) When I get to my later years, I have to make sure that I have money set aside if I have to live in a home or if I need to have a nurse come over a few days a week or a few hours a day, something like that. So you need to be thinking about the future. Like we're very focused on today as we should But let's not forget about the future because it's really important. And and we are living to be longer, older and older. It is not unusual for people to live to be 100 years old. But yet we still have this mindset of retiring at age 65. I try to challenge people to think, how realistic is that? And maybe you do. Like I always say, hey, I retired from IT and now I'm on my second career. So maybe I challenge people to think about what is something that you're passionate about? Is there something that you can transition into? And maybe you don't do it for 40 hours a week. But it still can bring in some income for you because number one, you don't want to be bored. I think we all can't wait to retire and sit on a beach for a month. But after that, you're going to start to get bored. And especially if you're a creative or if you just 
like to feel productive, you probably want to still keep doing something in some capacity. So I challenge people to not think of the word retirement, but think of the word longevity and think about how can I be productive over the long term? How can I fund my longevity? Understanding that at some point you could have some health you know, challenges as you get older. So just making sure that you can afford that. The other really important factor that we really never talk about is inflation and therefore the cost of things. So if we think about the cost of healthcare 20 years ago, how much was your health insurance 20 years ago? How much did it cost you to go to the doctor 20 years ago? Think of it today. And now think of it 20 years from now. What do you think it's going to be? Do you, again, have that money put aside or do you have enough insurances or things put aside to make sure that you can cover the cost of things in the future because inflation is not going away. If anything, the inflation rate is getting higher, which means your purchasing power is getting less and less as time goes on. So we need to be more cognizant of it. And this is not to say to scrimp and save and never spend your money. That's absolutely not it at all. We want you to live and enjoy what you make because you've earned it, but also make sure that you've put aside what you need for the future. Leslie, this is all great stuff. How can people work with you? Tell us about where they can contact you and how they can work with you. Absolutely. The best place to reach me is on my website, rebelrockwealth.com. From there, you can get to my LinkedIn or you can set up a time, a discovery call for us to have a quick chat. You can get access to my podcast. So really, you can reach me from my website. And what's the name of your podcast? It's called Rebel Rock Money Talk. I dive into some of these things uh, a little bit more. I haven't recorded a lot lately, I have to admit, but I am getting back onto the recording train <laughs> because I do love the ability to share some of this stuff. And I do have some of this on YouTube as well. So some of my podcast episodes are also on YouTube. So if you just look for Rebel Rock Money Talk, then you'll find my YouTube channel. Awesome. Okay. And just for having me on, I wanted to make a link available to your audience. They can download a checklist, basically what we covered today just so they have something that they can refer to as they're progressing through their business. And if they have any questions about any part of this, then certainly they can reach out to me and I'd be happy to speak with them. Okay, we'll have all of that in the show notes for sure. Thank you, Heather. Leslie, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Heather. I appreciate it. 